welcome to Arbitral Insights, a podcast series brought to you by our international arbitration practice lawyers here at Reed Smith. I'm Peter Rosher, Global Head of Reed Smith's International Arbitration Practice. I hope you enjoy the industry commentary, insights and anecdotes we share with you in the course of this series, wherever in the world you are. If you have any questions about any of the topics discussed, please do contact our speakers. And with that, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the latest edition of our Arbitral Insights podcast series. And I'm delighted today to have as our podcast guest, Tariq Khan. Hello, Tariq. Hi, Gotham. It's really great to have you, Tariq. Uh, Tariq is the registrar at the International Arbitration and Mediation Center based in Hyderabad. And he is, as I've in fact, said to him previously, he must have 10 forms of himself because he's one of the most prolific, most energetic and most non-stop tireless ambassadors for arbitration in India, particularly institutional arbitration, but also mediation. And in the course of this podcast, we're going to find out just how energetic and tireless Tariq is, but it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us, Tariq. Thank you so much, Oh, it's great. No, I know. I'm really happy to have you. And um, and I love profiling people like you. I genuinely do because uh, what you're doing, I'm I much admire. And we're going to talk about that in the course of this podcast. So I mentioned to our listeners as I introduced you, Tariq, that you, of course, are the registrar at the International Arbitration and Mediation Centre based in Hyderabad, and we'll come to that in a bit. But before we talk more about that centre and your role there and the centre's objectives and your personal ambitions for the centre, let's start with a little bit about the background to you, Tariq. And let's talk about um, your background to your current role, your journey to getting to where you are, and some of the people who've acted as your mentors, who've guided you and really shaped who you've become today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gotham, firstly, for having me. Uh, to be, to start with my background, Gotham, I, I was never interested in law, to be honest, uh, as a student, and I never planned on doing law. I was a science student, and I hailed from a, a you know small town in UP in India, and that's when, you know, it was very difficult to even get access to somebody who's practicing law. And when I came to Delhi and I did my law there, and arbitration was not even a subject which was being taught in my law school. And initially, I was very keen on practicing in the criminal law. And I had the privilege to intern with a couple of uh, doing of the criminal law, like Mr. Ram Malani, Mr. Siddharth Luthra and the others. But somehow, I mean, I ended up, I think arbitration chose me. And when I started working with a firm, I, you know, did a lot of international arbitration. I was with Mr. Hiro Advani, who used to run a firm called Advani and Company. And it's, it's one of the oldest arbitration law firm in India. And I was in the Delhi office. And before joining uh, IAMC as a registrar in Hyderabad, I was a partner of Advani Delhi office, where I was uh, doing active domestic as well as international arbitration. Uh, more than that, one of the reasons why I think that, uh, you know, this role of a registrar came to me, uh, you asked me about the mentors, people who were instrumental. 
So I think in my office, uh, my colleagues, Mr. Shashankar, Mr. Hiro Advani, they were very helpful and, you know, they, uh, they are largely responsible for helping me delve into the subject. And uh, I also started teaching arbitration pretty early. I think the first year of my, uh, you know, after I graduated, I was already teaching arbitration. And back then it was, a, it was not as popular as it is now in India. And I had the privilege to teach at, uh, at Indian Law Institute which used to offer a course, a diploma course in ADR. So that was the reason why I started uh, developing interest in the academics also. I started writing for a couple of uh, journals and columns in Bar and Bench and Live Law. So I think that's where my interest kept developing. And, you know, that was one reason why I was very passionate about arbitration early in my career. And uh, this transition was smooth, but it was difficult at the same time because uh, I was in Delhi. And uh, the center was coming up in Hyderabad, which is the southern part of the country. The time that I spent as a law firm partner before making this transition, I think was instrumental in equipping me with necessary skills and experience for this role. And as my career progressed, I began to consider a shift towards a more administrative and institution building role in arbitration and mediation, where I could contribute to the process from a very different perspective. Because this is a very different role. Um, you know, this is not what I used to do earlier. And I've been very fortunate to have mentors in this role as well. Uh, my trustees, who are uh, some of the living legends of law in the country, uh, who have encouraged this transition and have really guided me, like uh, Justice L. Nageshwar Rao, Justice R. V. Ravindran. Uh, these are the people who are the life trustees of IMC and who have been the biggest support to me. And, uh, you know, it's only because of their support and mentorship that I have been able to explore this new career path and I have been able to do something with the institution. No, thank you, Tariq. And, you know, that's such an enlightening background and and you talking about who shaped you is particularly impressive because, you know, the one thing that I must say I admire, amongst the many things I admire about you, Tariq, is that you've got a lot of optimism about arbitration in India, and quite rightly so, because the future of arbitration in India is very bright, and India deserves to get recognized as a true leader in international arbitration and as a center of excellence. And that brings us very nicely to the setting up, I think, uh, of the International Arbitration and Mediation Center at Hyderabad, because that, of course, is where you are as registrar. And as you were saying just a moment ago, it's given you the opportunity to do something facing in a different direction from your prior role in practice. And, you know, and I'm just very interested to find out a bit more about two things. First of all, if you could tell us a, a little bit about the process that led to the setting up of the centre in Hyderabad which, of course, is one of India's great cities in the southern part of the country, and also what your role entails on a day-to-day -day basis. But, um, the reason why uh, the centre was set up, because in India, truly, there was not a centre which was being, uh, you know, which you could truly call as an arbitration and a mediation centre. I think it's the first centre which is uh, doing both arbitration and mediation. And uh, especially after the amendment, of 2019, you know, there was a committee which was set up, uh, 
which had recommended a lot of reforms to the Indian arbitration law, including institutionalizing the arbitration in India. Because earlier, you know, the problem that, that Indian arbitration was facing was ad hocism. And that's why there was a need to really get rid of that and put an end to the ad hoc arbitrations, which were the majority. So and the then Chief Justice of India was uh, instrumental in really, you know, setting up this institution. And there were uh, the, the state government of Telangana was very keen on having a center of this kind because they realized that, uh, you know, if they want to attract investment, they will have to uh, showcase themselves as a jurisdiction which is arbitration friendly. And that is when, uh, you know, this idea was mooted and the state government was very keen on setting up this center in Hyderabad. And uh, it, that was the reason why they planned to open something because, you know, most of the Indian work was going outside. And uh, I mean, I will not be, uh, you know, giving the exact numbers, but you would know better that uh, there are a lot of international institutions which are majorly getting Indian work. And the reason to some extent was that Indian parties were not really having an institution in India which, uh, you know, they could say could match at that level. And I think there was one institution at that time. But India is much larger and there is space for a lot of institutions, uh, you know, at least in the major cities, not like, uh, you know, many, but at least three, four institutions India can easily have. So with that thing in mind, they thought that, you know, uh, an institution of this kind will be instrumental in promoting arbitration and mediation. And generating awareness about institutional arbitration. And especially if you look at the southern part of the country, uh, which is now getting a lot of traction and there are a lot of opportunities, a lot of investment coming in. But there was literally no institution that you could consider as, uh, you know, as a world-class arbitration and mediation center. So that was the whole reason why a couple of uh, retired Supreme Court judges and uh, the government of Telangana mooted this idea that we should come up with our own center, which is credible and which is having a world-class infrastructure. And we are very grateful that, you know, we are having this uh, center which you can compare with any other institution in the world. Our infrastructure is uh, second to none. And uh, coming to the next question where you said that, what is my day-to-day -day responsibility as a registrar? So as the registrar of the institution, I am heading the center and the administrative head. And also I am playing the role of a CEO which is uh, building the institution. I am creating an ecosystem around IAMC. I have been collaborating with so many organizations, especially uh, the business and trade organizations in and around Hyderabad and in Telangana, which is a state. And apart from that, connecting the whole world to IAMC, that's my job. So day-to-day -day job regularly is like, you know, 10 to 12 meetings. I'm not exaggerating because I have been meeting people like there is no tomorrow. And uh, the good thing is that the support that we are getting locally from the law firm partners, from senior advocates, from the other members or stakeholders, like in-house counsel, corporate counsels, that's been uh, great. And we also have a couple of leading institutions around. So my job is also to administer arbitrations, make sure that you know people are trained, pool of arbitrators and mediators is proper, and, you know, develop that kind of uh, skill set and create that ecosystem. I think that's my job pr primarily. But there are no fixed rules, I think. Uh, everything and anything that is good for the center, for the country, you know, to look as an arbitration-friendly jurisdiction, I have to do that. Uh, the recent example is that NN Global Judgment, 
which is on the stamping. So we also find an intervention in that. So those kind of things also we keep doing to ensure that, you know, if there is anything uh, which will make India look like a good uh, jurisdiction for arbitration and doing international arbitrations, IMC should play a key role in that. So uh, these are pretty much the things that I do. Well, and you do it really well. And uh, I, I and, uh, and can I say, I, I said it in the course of this podcast all, all, already, you are tireless. You are so energetic <laughs> and so enthusiastic about your role. you know. And I say that as someone who's much older than you, and I admire your youth because um, that youth that you've got in you is a, is a huge asset and you do so much. And you know, one of the things that, you know, so many of our, of our listeners will be very familiar with India, uh, but many of them won't be. And you're based in the great city of Hyderabad in the south of the country. Many people will be very familiar with Mumbai, Delhi, and even Bangalore. Yeah. Um, a near neighbor of Hyderabad, it must be said. But if you could just briefly, for the benefit of our listeners, just tell us, what you think it is that differentiates Hyderabad from the other centers of excellence that I've just mentioned? Yeah, uh, that's very important to mention. I'm glad you asked me this question, Gotham. So when I was in Delhi, frankly, you know, I did not know much about the city and the potential it, uh, it was having. And only when I moved here, I got to know a couple of things because whenever I go outside to Singapore, Dubai, London, for anything and when I meet people, uh, you know, when they talk about India, they only think Delhi and Bombay and to some extent Bangalore. So I thought it was very important for me to change that perspective and to tell them that, look, the places where you're focusing are, most of them are saturated markets and there are places which are having a lot more potential. And uh, they ask me, why do you say so and why should we come? So I tell them a few things about Hyderabad, which I would like to state. So I'll just give you a few numbers, and I think that will pretty much give a you know idea why Hyderabad uh, and why people should come to Hyderabad and you know focus on these jurisdictions. Now, uh, if I talk about IT, uh, infra information technology, so Hyderabad has been the most preferred IT destination in India for the past seven years, and if you look at real GDP growth. After Ho Chi Minh City, uh, Hyderabad is number two in terms of real GDP growth in Asia. More than that, the population is, I think, approximately 2.2% uh, of Telangana, which is the newest state in India, which was bifurcated in 2013. And uh, if you look at the contribution it makes to the GDP of the country is 5%. Now, Amazon's largest campus in the world is not situated in Seattle. It's based in Hyderabad next to my office. So that's one thing which I can tell you about the potential of uh, IT the state has. And uh, Hyderabad also very next, uh, very close to my center, uh, the second largest office after the headquarter of Google, Microsoft, OnePlus, Qualcomm. These uh, international uh, you know, IT giants, they're all like 500 meters within my reach. And if I talk about pharma, the potential in pharma industry and sector, uh, one third of the global vaccine supply is from Telangana alone. I'm talking about global supply and the companies which are supplying are Bharat Biotech and Biological Evans. Now, in fact, the, the MD of Biological Evans is also on our governing council because 
we feel it is very important to involve stakeholders and business uh, in arbitration and mediation centers and not just make it a domain of lawyers because these are the real uh, stakeholders. Similarly, if I talk about aerospace, life sciences, construction, Hyderabad is a great market. And uh, I like to quote Toby Landau when I invited him to Hyderabad last year. And when I showed him around the city, uh, the words that he used, uh, he wrote an email to Singapore International Mediation Center and he told them that I'm in the Silicon Valley of Asia. And, you know, the same uh, view was of Justice Vikir Raja when he came to Hyderabad. Uh, in his news interview to Baran Bench, he said, success of IAMC will be India's success because he was very impressed with the uh, infrastructure that we have, the potential the city has and the ecosystem around it. So I think um, more than that, Hyderabad, of course, has a lot of interesting history. And, you know, the richest man in the world was from Hyderabad, the Nizam. And food is amazing. I love the food. And apart from that, there are a lot of other things. To do. <laughs> People are very nice and uh, very accepting. And uh, there are some leading institutions. India is one of the top law universities, Nalsar, where I teach as an adjunct professor. It's in, it's in Hyderabad. One of the top business schools in India, ISB, Indian School of Business. It's also 500 meters away from my center. And similarly, there is so much more to offer. The city is actually having a lot of potential. Yeah. And that's why I feel that Hyderabad is the place and, uh, you know, uh, where, you know, people should start thinking of it as the next or emerging hub of arbitration. Yeah, no, well, that was a very eloquent expression of the importance of Hyderabad. And, uh, and, and I can tell you that, Tarek, having been to Hyderabad a number of times over the years, yeah. uh, it is a wonderful city and uh, the food is indeed amazing. Uh, the, um, you have tried the biryani? Of course, it's world please. famous for the biryanis. And well, there are many more things, actually. There's not just biryani. I think no, it's famous for absolutely. chai and halim and uh, mandi also you should try. It's absolutely. No, no, I've tried all of those, <laughs> I, I must tell you. And also there are famous biscuit shops there in the bakeries, biscuit. Yeah. Which, which I know very well. And indeed, um, indeed, I could easily spend half of this podcast on the food and culinary delights of Hyderabad, but I'll resist that temptation for now. But uh, no, but thank you for that uh, wonderful love letter to Hyderabad, because, it's, yeah. because it is an incredible place. And as you say, many people would not be familiar with the city and the region, because they often, as I mentioned, would offer, and as, and as you mentioned, um, often think about the more, if you like, established metro cities. But yeah. thank you very much for that. And, you know, let us move to another aspect of the center of which you're the registrar. Uh, this really goes hand in hand with the energy that I mentioned you bring to the role and, the, and that you're such a wonderful brand ambassador for the center and for Indian arbitration generally. It would be very interesting to get your take on the objectives of the International Arbitration and Mediation Center at Hyderabad and your plans for the future. So, for example, I'm aware from my own knowledge that um, at the center a couple of months ago entered into a memorandum of understanding with the Singapore International Mediation Center. And um, at the time of you and I recording this podcast, next week, is going to be Dubai International Arbitration Week. So yes. I wonder what you could tell us a little bit about 
um, the objectives of the centre and your personal ambitions for growing the centre? I'd like to tell you a little bit of, uh, you know, give you information about what the centre has done till now and then what we are planning to do. So currently we are handling about 36, 37 cases with a combined dispute value of approximately $800 million. And we have, uh, you know, completed about 18 months. And these cases, of course, encompass a wide range of industries, including energy, real estate, and family disputes, and many others. And very recently, we have successfully mediated an international dispute worth more than 20 million US dollars and in a very short span of time. So we are taking mediation also very seriously. Uh, you'll be very happy to know that we are actively managing uh, micro, small, and medium enterprises, which are uh, backbone of the Indian economy. We are resolving the disputes in the state of Telangana without charging any administrative fees. And we are doing it for the state. Uh, every dispute above 360,000 US dollars, we are doing it as a service to the state so that the you know micro, small, medium enterprises also get strengthened and you know they don't become sick industries. We have also had collaboration with international institutions, uh, like you mentioned, Singapore International Mediation Center with ADR, ODR, with AIADR from Malaysia. Last month, we entered into an MOU with them as well. We are planning to do some MOU with other countries now. Uh, next week in Dubai Arbitration Week, we'll be, we'll be hosting three events we are doing there. And uh, we'll be entering into two more MOUs, one organization from the Europe and from Russia, and most likely in times to come with Middle East as well. And these are not the MOUs just for namesake and for formality. We are planning to do something fruitful and something substantial not just make it like a you know a paper which has uh, nothing concrete in it and uh, apart from that we have conducted numerous mediation trainings because we we do believe and understand the potential that the mediation process has and we realize the problem with mediation in india that is lack of trained mediators good trainings were not happening so we conducted training with international organization uh, last month we hosted people from FSRL, Harvard uh, Negotiation Program. We got people from Singapore International Mediation Center. The chairman, George, was here personally, along with his whole team. We got people from ADR, OTR. So we realized that it is important to first train mediators so that when the volume of work comes, we should have the potential and the bandwidth to handle these cases and give good results. And we have organized mediation sensitization programs for various uh, industries, including the entire police force of the state, uh, in their interaction with the social interaction, because there are a lot of domestic violence cases that they are handling in 498A. So, you know, also to uh, sensitize them with what should be their approach when they are doing counseling, because there is a mandatory counseling happening. We have done it for IS officers. We have helped in training of the entire judiciary of the state two times uh, to sensitize them and, you know, tell them more about the role of referral judges so that ultimately this place also looks like, uh, you know, where judiciary is also complementing the ecosystem. We have done arbitration advocacy programs. We have done arbitration sensitization program so that the arbitrators also understand how they have to conduct arbitration, how they have to pass awards. More than that, we have hosted the likes of Justice V.K. Raja, Douglas Jones, Janet Walker, Toby Landau. We had uh, you know Stephen Finizio from Wilma Hill. So every month, uh, one or two international you know experts in arbitration and mediation keep visiting. And we, are, we have done more than 40 physical events till now. And we have done roadshows in London, Dubai, Singapore. And we keep on collaborating with institutions. 
in fact in if you look at our initiatives in vice uh, you know young iamc program which we have we have uh, done road shows with almost every top university as well as uh, universities in tier 2 and tier 3 cities so we have also done events in places like chandigarh odisha uh, you know kanpur lucknow alabad uh, something we were planning to do in kashmir as well so we are also targeting on those cities which are otherwise not looked at as a hub of arbitration but they have a lot of potential and that's where the business is and if you really want to make india a hub of arbitration you just cannot talk about uh, bombay and delhi i think india is much larger and we must focus on these cities which have business then uh, the future programs obviously entail you know like we collaborated with queen mary university of london we we also plan to do some international uh, training programs now this year we are planning to uh, enter into these agreements so that imc is also able to play an important role in doing training in other countries which are neighboring countries and uh, our endeavor is and what i feel is that india truly has the potential to be a leader in mediation in asia and also in arbitration so i do not just want to look at hyderabad or india i think there is a lot more that can be done and especially if you look at jurisdictions such as uh, you know malaysia dubai south korea there is so much investment happening and that's where there's a lot of demand so speaking for iamc i think that our endeavor is that we involve more and more industries we focus more on getting investment we try to create that robust ecosystem of dispute resolution we train judiciary we sensitize them we also try to make india a attractive seat apart from an attractive institution uh, at imc last month for example we hosted an international arbitration day where uh, eight leading organizations have pledged support to imc to name a few credi and uh, naredco which are the leading infrastructure real estate organization in the country they have pledged support to imc that they will be referring imc to their members and two leading law firms here tatwa legal and fox mandal have also pledged support to imc that they will be putting imc clauses similarly um, we were also partnering with istanbul arbitration week and you know it keeps it keeps happening like that so our endeavor is to have more and more uh, gcs corporate council yeah. industries chairman business to get involved with iamc and not just make it a domain of lawyers and judges we want to focus more on diversity and involvement of all stakeholders in this you know process of institution building and making india an attractive hub of arbitration and mediation well i mean that's brilliant and you know this is really you know you've encapsulated so nicely so many different aspects and you know you've again just completely um, emphasized the point i've made a couple of times in the course of our discussion about how tireless and energetic you are to spread the word about the importance of hyderabad about india and about you know spreading knowledge liaising and collaborating with other institutions and there's no doubt and i've been observing your great work for some time tarik so at the risk of embarrassing you um i can say that i've seen um all the hard work you've been doing and how omnipresent you seem to be everywhere and um and and i wish you all the success in the world for everything you and your colleagues do and uh, and i'll be looking very happily at your further success now 
that completes the formal bit, if you like, of our discussion where we talk about law, arbitration, and that sort of thing. We always end our podcast, Tariq, with uh, a, a little bit of lighthearted conversation, which is very popular with our listeners, by the way, when we find out a bit about what makes our guests tick. And you are no exception, Tariq. I'm going to ask you some questions about this. Sure. So now one of my favorite things is music and I, I wonder if you've got a sort of a favorite sort of music, a favorite group or a band or a singer that you particularly enjoy. I love music. And uh, growing up, I mean, if I was not a lawyer, I think I would have been a rapper because uh, I used to write I love that. rap music. I think back in 2006, seven when rap was not a big thing in India. At that point in time, I, I remember listening to, and growing up, I was listening to, you know, people like B.I.G. and, Tupac, Eminem, those kind of people I used to. And then, of course, you know, later ones, Lil Wayne, Kanye West, and Dr. Trey. So I was very much uh, into rap music, R&B. And uh, Eminem has been my all-time favorite, of course. And uh, I'm, now it's different. I mean, now I, I mean, with the image, it doesn't go. So I don't really listen that much to rap music or anything. Now it generally depends on my mood. And uh, like, you know, law is a jealous mistress. So it doesn't give me time for anything else. But uh, in my free time, sometimes I'm into in my office. I Late night, I'm working. So I like jazz. And uh, sometimes when I'm driving, it's different. When I'm going to the gym, it's different. So, yeah, I mean, and, you know, when I'm going for a road trip, uh, it's very different. But music is something which is, uh, you know, it's always uh, something, a relief. And, you know, especially after a tiring day. When you listen to your old favorite songs, uh, it, it brings back a lot of memories and it makes you happy and comfortable. Yeah, it certainly does. And and I must tell you, Tariq, you're 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 never too busy or too old to not enjoy jazz and rap and hip hop uh, or R and B. You should certainly. Um, enjoy all of that and I tell you that as someone who enjoys all of those genres um, (laughs) and and I I was trying to make sure that I indulge myself in those things no but thank you for sharing that and at some point we've got to think about um, some sort of arbitration rap that that we can um, you know yeah some sort of you know that thing Tariq at some of these conferences where they do law rocks wow. we should do something like arbitration rocks something no, like that i mean have, <laughs> have some r&b and rap and that sort of stuff right yeah no. <laughs> no we should definitely do that and just one last thing before we close uh you know i was going to say before we wrap uh the podcast if you pardon the pun um i was going to say do you have any favorite travel destination either inside india or outside India, or both? Wow, that's a, that's actually that's my favorite question of all the questions you've asked. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> because uh, more than a lawyer, I consider myself a traveler. I have traveled to almost half of the world, not for work, of course, for leisure. In fact, my Instagram is more about travel than work, and that's why I call it work and leisure. So some people who are on my Instagram, they feel that I, I don't work at all. I'm only traveling and enjoying, because I find time for travel. And to the extent that when I'm traveling, I am very particular. I even learn the local language before going to the country and so that at least conversational language I can speak. And I, I like to live like local, not like a tourist. I never like touristy things because I feel travel allows me to explore 
uh, different cultures and helps me grow as a person, expand my horizons and, you know, provide fresh perspectives. And I think the cultural uh, immersion is what I enjoy. I immerse in their cuisine, in their uh, language, in their traditions. So personally, I think it has benefited me quite a lot. But in India, if somebody is looking for suggestions, of course, I've traveled, I think, uh, almost every state barring the Northeast. Um, I think Kashmir should obviously be on the list. The other one, of course, if you look for something like, you know, Goa, you know, uh, there are places in Rajasthan and, uh, you know, Hyderabad. I think there are a lot of nice places around Telangana. If somebody wants to go, Kurg is a great place. Uh, there's great coffee there. And there is Uti. Uh, if somebody is looking to travel there. Pondicherry is another nice place, which was a French colony. So, you know, people speak French there. But internationally, if you ask me my favorites, I think I would recommend everybody to go to Copenhagen. Denmark is my favorite place. And uh, other places that I liked quite a lot was Budapest. I really, really enjoyed my time in Hungary. And uh, I mean, it depends completely. I mean, I can talk about it forever you know for for as long as i can remember i can just imagine my or think about my travel and uh, if you if you like to just you know meet nice people i think the best people that i've met in my life happiest people were in denmark only copenhagen that's what i keep thinking about i i'm not a fan of places which are hub of business investment when i travel so i'm not somebody who will enjoy places where i go for work so yeah, I mean, that's my travel. Superb. Well, you've certainly got a very mixed uh, and, a, you know, a wonderful number of places you go. And I'm particularly impressed with your with what you said. There's one thing I would like to add. I forgot. Yes. So I, I must highly recommend anybody who's listening to this to go to places in Central Asia. So do go to Uzbekistan if you can. Tashkent is the city of stones. It's beautiful. It's very clean. It's very nice very rich in history. And then from there, you can go to Samarkand, which was the cultural capital of the world, and Bukhara, which was the education center of the world, and the infrastructure, the, the, the you know, architecture of that, kind, that time, and the universities of that time, the history, the food that they have, and there's a city called Khiva. So, you know, you literally feel you are in the history. So I think that's my suggestion. Well, thank you, Tarek. That was an incredible geography tour about some of your places you love to travel to. Fascinating. I think our listeners will not have to buy Lonely Planet guidebooks. They've now got all the recommendations they need. Thank you very much, Tarek. You've been an incredible guest. Thank you very much for joining. And we look forward to seeing each other before too long. Okay, all the best. Bye-bye. Arbitral Insights is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's global international arbitration practice, email arbitralinsights at reedsmith.com. To learn about the Reed Smith Arbitration Pricing Calculator, a first-of-its-kind mobile app that forecasts the costs of arbitration around the world, search Arbitration Pricing Calculator on reedsmith.com or download for free through the Apple and Google Play app stores. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, ReadSmith.com, and our social media accounts at ReadSmithLLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. 
Any views, opinions, or comments made by any external guest speaker are not to be attributed to Reed Smith LLP or its individual lawyers. All rights reserved.